Hello, everyone. Welcome and welcome back to the Connected Divergence podcast. My name's Tina Etheridge. I'm a radical ADHD and ADHD acceptance coach, and I am coming to you this evening, Thursday evening, to leave you with this very short nugget, and it is this. There is a huge, massive difference between procrastinating and recharging. There is also a huge, massive difference between procrastinating and decompressing. And I share this in this particular light, in this particular context. So I think a lot of times we look at situations and say, oh my gosh, I'm procrastinating. I need to stop. I need to get this work done. I need to do all the things. I need to do these things that I need to do, want to do. And ah, just stop procrastinating. And sometimes we're spending time on our phone or maybe we're watching TV or we're doing a thing that is not the intended thing. But so often, right, that's a shame-based perspective. Oh, this is something that I shouldn't be doing. I'm doing something bad. This needs to change. This needs to be fixed. And often we don't recognize or see that our experiences, our actual lived experience, what we're actually doing in our lives is meeting a very important essential need, a need for transition time, a need to decompress, a need to um, get into a stimulation neutral or a stimulation, what's the right word, undertoned environment when we're overstimulated. That recharging is a critical essential piece. Something I like to say a lot is let's make it safe to do less so that we can do more. And that's not a toxic productivity kind of angle that I'm going for here. It's not a, yeah, like let's do less so that we can do all the things and get it all done and like, yay, productivity. Like, yeah, sure, sometimes. But really what I aim toward and focus on, the intention here is sustainable, sustainability. That is the word that I'm really centering with this idea of let's make it safe to do less so that we can do more sustainably without burning out, without crashing, without um, fatiguing, right? Not that those things will never happen, but again, it's about sustainability. And so let me give you a template. Let me give you an example for something that happened with me today Um, because I think, right, templates... Talking is fun today. Templates and examples can be helpful. So I like to share them. I like to share personal anecdotes. I like to disclose kind of like areas and facets of my life because that is how my brain grasps things. That is how my brain understands things Um, by relating like someone else's experience to my own experience. That is often how neurodivergent autistic brains work. Um, And so maybe you're also wired this way. So I hope this helps you. Okay, so let me start with some context. So it has been a journey for me in figuring out my capacity and my energy levels and how to do things sustainably without burning out when it comes to coaching and meeting with clients. I love my job. I have, I've thought about this this week. I have actually realized that I have never once thought about quitting this work and quitting my job. Like the thought of that has never once in the last three years popped into my brain which is so wild because at my last job in my research lab, I would think about quitting or trying to find another job 
all the time, like once a week, multiple times a week. So kind of major. And it has been the kind of experience where the templates that I have been provided are often ones in the sort of like, I guess, therapy space, right? Because like when you think, what kind of job is it where you meet with people one-on-one um, for about an hour? And that's right. I've been to a therapist. I've, I know what therapy is like. So that was my template. And if you know a therapist or you are a therapist, like you probably know that very commonly, right? People see 20 and sometimes 30 clients, patients, patients a week. And sometimes sometimes that can look like seeing six people per day. And so when I first started my coaching journey, that was the only template that I knew existed. And so I tried to see, that was like my goal. I was like, yeah, I'm going to see six people a day. When I first started my business, like, yep, this is what's happening. And when (laughs) I actually achieved that and when I got there, um, I don't even know if I fully got there. I think I was seeing 18 clients per week. So I think my like original goal was 20 and I had made it to 18 people per per week and I crashed and burned. I burned out so hard. I burned out so hard. And that was a really challenging, you know, lesson and understanding about how my brain works and what my capacity is like is that I am not wired like neurotypical people. Um, I love my work. I am so passionate about my work. Meeting with people one-on-one is like my favorite thing to do of all time. And I have energetic limits. And so after that happened and I had this big burnout experience, for me, I was kind of asking myself, okay, what like number of people per day feels sustainable, feels doable? And just a sidebar, I think this is a really important question to ask yourself. If you have a job where you attend meetings, um, Right. I think we all individually have our limits and what our capacity is for how many hours, let's say, of being in a Zoom call or how many hours of, you know, being in an office meeting or multiple meetings um, that we can kind of manage and be okay with per day or maybe per week would be a better framework for you. But this is a really important question to ask ourselves. And so as I was exploring this for myself, I did a lot of experimenting and I found that Three people per day is my magic number. Three people per day, like I am able to, you know, write or do my podcast or create content or, you know, schedule people, do admin work. I'm able to do all of those things and I'm able to meet with those three people and really feel like I'm able to, you know, show up in the the way that I want to show up. And so my, my line where, you know, what changes is, you know, historically when I've seen four people per day. And so four people per day, I can totally do it and I can be okay doing it. But if I am seeing four people per day, I cannot be writing. I cannot be working on my newsletter or making content or admin work or anything like that. Four people per day, like that takes my full energy level. And if so, if I try to do um, scheduling or following up with people on a four client day, that is going to burn me out. That is going to make me crash really, really, really hard. So that's the context. And I wanted to share this part of it with you because this has been a very recent and very cool discovery. So typically I have not scheduled four people per day. Like I try to avoid it wherever possible. And so it usually ends up happening here and there um, where, right, somebody just needs to be rescheduled and that's the best way to 
the best day to do it. And I'm usually really fine with that because having a four client day, you know, once a week, once every other week, once a month is totally in my my range. That's totally fine. But there are certain characteristics about how I approach that day when it comes to talking to myself and how I manage my time. Ooh, manage my time. Mm, I don't know if I want to use that phrasing. Um, maybe approach my time that make a huge, massive, incredibly large difference for me between ending that four client day and feeling really exhausted and drained or ending that four client day and still having the bandwidth and the energy and the capacity to also get some cool things done and do some fun things or do some self-care things, right? It doesn't have to be about work. And here are my realizations. So number one, it is so critically important for me to have transition time. Transition time is essential for my brain. It is not optional. And there have certainly been moments in my life, in my younger years, where I would look at my transition time, which was a desperate critical need for me, and shame myself for procrastinating. Oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? I just need to push through. I just need to get this thing done. Like I have this whole to-do list to do. And what am I doing here? I'm scrolling on my phone. And of course, like the shame just made me want to dissociate and scroll even more. So what I have found for myself is that transition time is essential for me. And transition time can look a lot of different ways. And it can it can encompass different things. Transition time for me looks like recharging. So engaging with something that is regulating for my nervous system. So maybe that's like researching my special interest. Maybe it is laying in a low sensory environment, like laying in my bed in the dark, um, hugging a squishmallow, doing one of my hobbies, like journaling or working on my diamond painting. I could go on. I have a lot of, I have a many, many things that I enjoy doing, but that, right, that is part, can be part of transition time for me is time to recharge. And it's not a waste. It's not procrastinating. It is essential for my brain. I like to say a lot, right? Let's make it safe to do less so that we can do more. And I say that a lot and I don't mean it in a productivity bro kind of way of like, yeah, let's be super productive and get all of the things done. Like it's not so much about that. It's maybe the way to clarify, maybe what I should start seeing in the future is let's make it safe to do less so that we can do more sustainably because that's really what this is about. It is about sustainability. It's about not burning ourselves out and completely draining and depleting ourselves. Not that that's never going to happen because it will if we're living a fully lived life, like these hard times and these difficult moments are going to happen. But sustainability, right? Sustainability encompasses persistence it encompasses coming back to doing the things that we want to do. And it means that we continue to have intimacy with these things that we want to do. So what I'm trying to say here is that transition time, decompression time, time to recharge, all of this is about making it safe to do less so that we can do more. So I find when I allow myself transition time, whether that's time to decompress um, whether it's time to recharge or a beautiful combination of the two, like I'm able to get through the day and feel really good about my day. Like not just survive the day, but actually really enjoy the day. If you are neurodivergent, time to 
decompress, time to recharge, time to transition into the next thing that you're doing, it is not optional. It is essential. And I've learned this. The lesson that I've learned the most from this is when, right, I used to have it be the case where I would see people back to back. So let's see, I have a client from 1.30 to 2.30 and then 3.30 to 4.30, right? There's no break. (laughs) There's no in between. There's no time. Um, Just jumping from one session to another. And right in that scenario, I don't have transition time. I don't have decompression time. I don't have any time to recharge. And I would find that those back-to-back sessions would drain me like as much as seeing six people in a day. It truly would. And so now, right, as I've learned about myself, as I've experimented and I've tried things and I've um, witnessed what's happening in my brain and body so that I can then (laughs) make choices, I now have it be so that I don't have people back to back. I do not do it. And so, right, I share this not to say that, oh, if you're a coach or a therapist even or like whoever you are, if you meet with people one-on-one, that you should do it this way too, right? I'm totally not saying that. I totally believe that there are people that even prefer back-to-back because it's like, cool, I, um, you know, get through my day faster um, and then I'm able to go do the fun things that I want to do in the afternoon or in the morning or whatever else. And that is so, so valid. But the thing that I'm really trying to express today is that we all have the opportunity um, to figure out what is best for us and what is best for our brain and to proceed accordingly. And I really just want to say, because I really wish I had known this three years ago, that just because some people are able to do it a certain way doesn't mean that you should have to either. And I feel like the thing is, right, I could totally be comparing myself and saying, oh, well, this coach, you know, does it this way and I should be able to do that too. But the thing for me is, right, I know from my lived experiences that if I try to do XYZ thing, at least in this time of my life, right, I'm going to keep it open to change, um, that it doesn't work for me. It doesn't feel good. It's painful. It's hard. And it makes me burn out and not love my work and the way that I do and want to continue loving the work that I do. And so, sure, theoretically, I could be seeing way more people per week, but there is a cost associated to that. And I could really dive deep into thinking about all that I'm missing out on. Um, But really where I stay focused is how great it feels in my brain and my body when I do things in a way that are aligned with my needs, with my capacity, with my bandwidth, with my energy. And I believe that that alignment and that congruence, if we are listening for it, and listening to be able to hear and feel it within ourselves, it is a voice that is so loud and bright, or it is a light that is so bright that shines so strongly that truly like how other people like to do things or how other people are able to, well, like even that phrasing, are able to do things, um, it doesn't really matter because you are not them. I am not them. And what I'm here, I just had the most beautiful coaching call today. What I am here to do, and this is what this client taught me today, and I fully agree. What I am here to do is not to be more like someone else. 
I am here to be more authentically and truly myself. I am here to step into who I am. I'm not here to be like more like someone else. Because the thing is, I've been trying my whole life to be more like other people, right? That is literally masking. That is literally camouflaging. That is mirroring. That is all of those things. It's masking. And I've (laughs) been late diagnosed, undiagnosed, autistic and ADHD. I've spent my whole freaking life masking and trying to be like other people and I'm tired of it and it doesn't work. And so I don't want that anymore. I don't want to be like someone else. I don't want to do it a way that somebody else does it. I want to do it the way that is best for me because like I said, that feeling of alignment and congruence and just like connected li- connectedness of I'm doing the things in the way that works for my brain, that works for me and my life and my energy. It is the most amazing feeling in the freaking world. So I hope this was helpful. I hope this gave you some insights and please remember that, right? Like you might not actually be procrastinating. You might just be decompressing or transitioning or recharging and that is valid. It is important and it is essential, critical, very much needed if you are in a neurodivergent brain. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And I hope you guys are having a good week and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.